This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day and welcome to Keep It Simple, weekly internet talk show of the Simple Truths Radio Network. Pastor Xavier Reese, how are we doing today? Good, Tony. How about yourself? Very good, very good. good. Enjoying the end of the year? Yeah, I love these months. Even though it goes so fast. November, December, favorite months. Hey, you're about to have an anniversary here pretty quick, aren't you? Uh, Pretty soon, pretty soon. A few weeks? (laughs) Amen. Maybe we'll celebrate it. Yeah. <laughs> Today, uh, actually with us in the studio, our production engineer, Jonathan Duran. Hello, everybody. This is episode 257 on Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. And Ray, Ray Miranda helping us with the, the video over there. Pastor X, we've been taking some time to go through and look at the issues concerning the uh, person of Christ yeah. and his ministry. And I probably, for me, I can't imagine anything more important than to spend time talking and thinking, reflecting on the scripture, the stuff about Jesus. Um, These uh, actually specific issues, the last few weeks, we've been talking about the incarnation specifically. And these are, as we said last week, these are built around studies, Bible studies that you did, you presented to the church here probably about 20 years ago or so. And so we're using some of those notes and playing off of those to develop the issues. And mm-hmm. they're not identical, but yeah. if people want to, they actually could go to the Calvary Chapel app or to the online, uh, the church website, and look up these Bible studies and listen to them and go through. And so. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the notes are on there, but the study certainly can. Yeah, the yeah. audio yeah. would be the there audio for would sure. Be, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Amen. So again, we're going to continue looking at the purpose and the work of Christ. And the Lord's purpose through the incarnation, the idea of, of the Lord coming to earth as a human person and what that's all about. There's a lot to it, obviously. Right. And now, in all this detail, it, it may seem kind of extreme to people that we spend so much time on this. But the scripture really exhorts us to be prepared to be able to answer questions sure. of people. Sure, yeah. Peter... Peter tells us in 1 Peter 3.15 that we're to be ready to give an answer to every man for the reason of the hope that lies not with meekness and fear. That takes study. Um, the Bible, throughout the Bible says study, meditate, examine, uh, take heed what you hear, how you hear. So we need to know, it's grace to say, well, God became man. But then now you've got to defend it. How is it? What does the Bible reveal about that incarnation? Because there's a lot of ways that we can explain it intellectually that may be biblically wrong. Amen. So we want to make sure that we're giving God's revelation of the incarnation and not just our own opinion. There's a lot of things a lot of Christians believe about many different things, not just the incarnation, but, um, but it's wrong. Yeah. They have um, pop Christianity. Uh, theology. They get their theology from some of the books they read, which are off the wall. Um, the Jesus Calling is a perfect example. Oh my goodness! Horrible book, and yet it's a, m- a million seller. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like the church is just feeds on heresy. It loves it. Yeah. So uh, you know we need to provide answers that come from the scriptures. This is the only way a believer can um, combat and defeat uh, false doctrine, whether it be the incarnation or anything else. 
in some of the segments we've gone through already, as we spent a couple of weeks or different uh, segments talking about this, um, we've looked at a, a number of different reasons yeah. at why the incarnation was so important and how the Lord uh, put those issues together for us, sure. for the benefit of the well, church. Well, we want to make sure we're true to God's word. Amen. Once again, just what we've been talking about. Um, unless God reveals it, I, I shouldn't be saying it. Um, the, uh, God's revelation is objective truth. It's a fact. Uh, when God says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, that's a proclamation. He's not asking for your opinion. No. Um, it's history recorded. Uh, the first 11 chapters of Genesis, history recorded. Uh, how creation came to be, the world, the universe, everything, how man came to be, how man destroyed everything, all of that. And uh, the, um, the flood, judgment over the world, um, the evolutionary process is a big lie because the geological column speaks of judgment, not of evolution. Um, if you look at the world and all the uh, chronology of Genesis as well as other men through history, we've got a young earth. 6,000 years is what we have. Give yourself 10,000 at the most, okay? But 6,000 in genealogy, isn't that? And so even the, um, um, the dating of the sediments and the rock and all this stuff, uh, they need the billions and trillions of years because they want to debunk the first 11 chapters of Genesis. Because if, you, if, if the first verse of Genesis and the first 11 chapters of Genesis are not true objective revelation, then why should you believe the New Testament? Amen. Yeah. Why would you believe the Incarnation? Exactly. You've got to understand the whole Scripture is God's revelation, inerrant, infallible. And if you don't believe that, don't call yourself a Christian. You know, it's interesting, Sunday night in the, the Sunday night Bible study you mentioned, we're talking about uh, the terms that we use and how we need to stick to biblical terms. Sure. How sure. important that is. Yeah. And it's interesting in a couple of ways. One, we realize if I describe things the way they're described in Scripture, then I'm going to have a huge advantage right. because it's going to hang together with the rest of the whole work of Scripture. It's going to agree right. together. Right. The other thing that's interesting to me, Pastor X, is the way that the redefinition of terms is working in our world today through, I mean, a lot of things, politics and the culture, sure. Sure. how that we find that if you change the terms... Right. You change the meaning and the expectations right, right. involved, and, and, and it's for it's purposely done for deceive. It's a transition yeah. from from the truth to the lie, whether it be from scripture, and then you redefine. If you use the terms of scripture, then you don't have to redefine them. Those yes. terms are defined and described in the context within the book, within the whole of scripture. When you begin to redefine something or change the words to modern words, now you've got a problem because words change meaning through time. Yeah. That's why when you do um, inductive Bible study, you look at the context and you look at the culture that it was written in and you look at the grammar, the language. The language. Yeah. Uh, so this way, because that word was used in that day whether it be Isaiah, Jeremiah, or Paul's day, in a certain way. In fact, the New Testament uh, is, is, is known to be by Koine Greek, yeah. the, not classical Greek. No. It, I mean, they start looking way back, to and you really are getting a wrong idea. The Koine Greek was a common language of the day. Mm -hmm. And so that's how you have to interpret that word. Uh, we've, we've had many different things that... Uh, 
have changed meaning just in our own lifetime um, more than any other generation because there's such newness and and um, moving away from objective truth and everything. Sure. And so words change. Yeah. What it meant back 20 years ago doesn't mean the same thing today. Yeah, it's a moving and target. So, right. Yeah. So you have to be careful. Amen. It's important for us to have a working knowledge of these ideas from Scripture. Got to think that that's yeah. what the Lord intends by sure. having us read the Scripture daily. Sure, sure. And this way, as you, as you study God's Word and you understand the objective truth, the um, information, the historical aspect, the doctrinal aspect, whatever it may be, is that you are true, then now that that becomes a plumb line to judge everything else that tries to be introduced as compatible with Scripture. So you have psychology, sociology, those are the sciences of man. And they're not perfect. They're not all wise. No. And they are based upon the goodness of man. Because <laughs> Freud, Maslow, all those guys, yeah. they're all psychologists that believe. They didn't believe in God. They, um, they believe in the goodness of man. So you begin with a, a wrong premise and you end up with a wrong conclusion. Yeah. Uh, the premise of evolution is wrong, therefore your conclusion is wrong. Your observations may be right at times, but your premise dictates your conclusion. Yeah. And so if you begin with God, then the world makes sense, and you come to the right conclusion. I'm lost, I need salvation. But if you believe in the goodness of man, that's your premise, then why do I need to be saved? And it's not fair that I should pay for Adam's sin. And you go into this whole human logic and reasoning, which is subjective regarding Scripture. And destructive. And destructive all the way. It creates a mess yeah. for people. It's yeah. sad to see. And unfortunately, you kind of, what happens, I guess, in that situation, you remove the whole context, uh, Scripture. Sure. From, it's not a, not a possible part of the answer. Right, right, And right, we need right. it yeah. desperately. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Bible is very clear. Sin is sin. And that's the problem of, of, of the world. Amen. You know, today... Um, um, Many of the sciences, psychology, medical, they say that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a sickness, you know. Uh, alcoholism is a sickness mm -hmm. and drug addiction is a sickness. Oh. No, it isn't. It's not a disease. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a sinful practice that brings about physical maladies. Yeah. Then you may have sources of the liver. Then you may have some brain problems. But the, the drug itself, the alcohol itself, it's not a sickness. No. It produces sickness, and so you want to justify the sinful lifestyle of men and women to try to not be judgmental, mm -hmm. because being judgmental is uncompassionate, it's unloving. And so we've redefined the character of God, the character of man, and the problem of man by human reasoning. Yeah, it's interesting how culturally, as you look at the passage of time, so many things start out as things that were viewed as sin. This yeah. is sin. This is wrong. This is a crime. This is punishable. And then it migrates slowly to the point, well, this is a, this is a, a problem. This is a sickness. Right. And then it becomes normal. Right. And like, for instance, one example of that would be homosexuality. Right. Which 40, 50, 60 years ago is a punishable offense. Right. That then becomes 
a malady that people need treatment for, and then it becomes normal. Right. This is what we need to be accepting towards, you know. Right, right, right. And it's always like that. Man um, is looking for excuses, yeah. justifications for themselves. Uh, it's always somebody else's fault. No, it's, it's every one of our faults individually. Amen. We make choices in life, and we sow, and we, we reap from it. And, um, but everybody uh, living under the um, aspect that it's always somebody else's fault, and you need to um, take care of me, you need to provide for me, you need to give me free stuff, uh, <laughs> rather than hard work and being responsible. Um, young ladies uh, get pregnant over and over again, and the taxpayer has to pay for the birth or the abortion. And, um, and, and they just keep on getting pregnant. Yeah. Why? Because it doesn't cost them. You know, it's just like someone who's never really worked for money and a lot of money is left to them. They probably will lose it yeah. because they'll go through it. They don't know what it is to earn it. And so there's no value to it. And, uh, and the same with anything else. Yeah. And it brings us to the, the idea that really, you know, this whole idea of the incarnation of God coming to earth as a human being the Lord, one of the things he's trying to do is bring into focus people to give us opportunity to uh, make a stand sure. against the destructive nature that's taken over this place. Sure. We need sure. that help. Yeah. And again, one aspect of our sin nature, we're fallen, but then the culprit of all this is Satan Amen. to an extent. Yeah. He rebelled against God and he was there in the garden and deceived Eve. He says, has God said, challenge God's word, always God's word. That's why man is always putting down God's word or trying to attack it or trying to find fault in it. Um, most of the time out of context without the evidence or anything like that, yeah. misrepresenting Christianity. Uh, but nevertheless, Satan is um, um, he, he's the one that, um, that rebelled against God, led a third of the angels away. He's the prince and the power of the air. He's the god of this world. He's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Um, and he, he is dead serious about taking you to hell. Amen. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we recognize, you know, the work of the Lord, that, that his purpose yeah. in coming, right. had, that, that's, the, that's the impact right there. Yeah. And so we're grateful for For our purposes, where do we start to understand the works of the devil that Christ wants to destroy, Pastor X? Well... Um, three basic reasons um, for the Incarnation is to, to destroy Satan's power over mankind. Okay. Then secondly, to destroy sin nature as dominant in mankind. And then third, to destroy Satan, the devil, altogether. And so these are very important things. And only this could be done through the Incarnation because remember that Jesus is the last Adam. Mm -hmm. The first Adam was Adam who blew it. Now, Jesus came exactly in the same way, in the same likeness as the first Adam. So that the first Adam failed by choice, the last Adam would not fail by choice. But there was a real testing both for Adam and for Jesus Christ. Amen. Otherwise, there'd be no victory mm -hmm. and there would be no defeat. So the incarnation was to destroy Satan's power over mankind. Um, and, and, and though it may seem pretty broad, Satan is a real person that has a real influence on this world, as yeah. you know. Amen. Uh, he's the one who weakens the nations, Isaiah 14, 12 says. We look at the nations, we look at the evil that's going on, we look at the globalism, we look at the war on Ukraine and all that, and, and you see who's behind that, Satan. Now, that doesn't mean that men are innocent of it, that they're not 
at fault. No, no, no. They're complicit. Right, they're complicit. Okay, man has fallen. Uh, every person born into this world, they're creating the image and likeness of God. Mm -hmm. But they're fallen. They're sinners. There is no relationship to God at all. There's a consciousness, an awareness, but not a relationship. And so every person, there's two families. There's a family of God and there's a family of Satan. Mm -hmm. The Bible is very clear mm -hmm. on that, especially 1 John. And so I and yourself, before we were born again, we were in the family of Satan. Amen. Now, in the family of Satan, you've got good moral people, ethical people, mm -hmm. benevolent people, people that do great service to society and communities, and you've got bad people. Yeah. The way we come into the family of God is by acknowledging our sinfulness and our depravity and that our sin is against God and that He needs to forgive us of our sin to give us a new heart, a new divine nature yeah. so that we can obey Him and submit to Him. And then the world will make sense because we believe the very first verse of the Bible mm -hmm. and therefore the evil world makes much sense now altogether. Interesting that you say that, you know, the, the point you made about the fact that in the family of the devil, there are do-gooders. Sure. There are sure. people out there who are raising money for the poor yeah. and all kinds of things like that. But the reality, the thing that sets them apart is they reject the truth right. of Christ. Right. It's always, the glory is always to them. Mm -hmm. They're benevolent. Mm -hmm. They're kind. They're loving. They're compassionate. Yeah. But they're not depending on God. No. They're not looking to God. Yeah. Now, our founding fathers, uh, the majority of them, did look to God. This nation was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. Amen. Uh, you would have to be um, evil, if not stupid, to deny it. Yeah. Both of them are possible. Yeah. Today, more evil than stupid. Um, and because it's all over our Constitution, the Federalist Papers, uh, the preamble itself, um, every monument in Washington, D.C. and in the states, um, our national anthem, many of the songs. But that's why they want to destroy everything to remove uh, everything that's related to God. The whole movement that's going on with the World Forum of Klaus Schwab and others um, is against God. Yeah. It, it is a direct attack against God's word. Yeah. Uh, make no mistake of that. Amen. You know, so many things in the world I can imagine no other cause than satanic activity. But still, you know, the scripture tells us that he has limitations. Right, right, right. And, uh, you know, God sets the boundaries. The book of Job is perfect. God is the one that solicited the test for Job. And, and he, he said to Satan, where you been? He says, oh, up and down the universe just looking. He says, have you considered my servant Job? He's a righteous man, upright, hates evil. And uh, God enabled him to withstand Satan. Now, he went through a difficult time, but it was God who enabled him, and he depended on God. Um, it wasn't that Satan was more powerful, but Job was a man like any other. Yeah. Though he loved God and depended on God, he still has sin nature. He is able to not trust God. He's able to try to take care of things himself, but he didn't. Uh, he said, even though God slay me, yet I will trust in him. God gives, God takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah. And what so that's guy. the believer. Um, he's not the only one. We go through history, we see the very same thing. And so though Satan is powerful, 
uh, he's a fallen angel. Yeah. Uh, in Ezekiel 28:15, he's described as uh, um, that he is uh, the one who uh, is the enemy of God. You know, you have both Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14. And there in Ezekiel 28, it was probably created, but he's a created being. God created him at a certain time. He was a cherub. Um, and that cherub served God in heaven with all his vesture of, of jewels and everything. And um, he was uh, perfect from the day he was created until iniquity rose up in him, within him. Yeah. And so um, he corrupted himself. Um, God always gives a choice. He created man with the moral choice of believing or disbelieving, mm -hmm. of obeying or disobeying. He created the angels the same way. Though angels are not redeemable, they're not savable, they're not able to be redeemed because they're not creating the image and likeness of God. They're ministering spirits to the earth of salvation, Hebrews 1.14 mm -hmm. tells us, Amen. according to Psalm. And so uh, when Satan led the angels away, they made that decision. Uh, God doesn't force anybody to go to heaven or stay in heaven. People say, well, can, uh, can some of the angels rebel today? They, they have a free will. Yeah. I guess they could. They haven't as of yet as I know. God hasn't said nothing. We don't know. So I just have to assume. I, can't, I cannot teach from the absence of scripture or conjecture. Amen. So I know one-third followed them, and the other two-thirds are serving God. But they're not all powerful, they're not all knowing, they're not all present, they're ministering spirits to their salvation, whether they be cherubim, seraphim, uh, regular angels, or archangels. Those are the different ranks of angels. You know, this conflict, the spiritual war in the heavens, crazy to think the book of Job, that Satan just walks into the presence of God. A lot of people have this idea that, you know, he's down suffering in the flames of hell yeah, or something. Yeah, no. And that's yeah. not biblical, sure. You know, but we we look at this, and it this this conflict's going on for thousands of years, and for the Lord, who's eternal, and these angels who don't have a lifespan like humans do. I don't know how it seems, but what does the end of this thing look like, Pastor Xavier? How do we do we see that expressed in in the human world from Scripture? Well, from Scripture, yeah. I mean, we see from the beginning that he, uh, he rebels against God right. and he wants to usurp authority over God. And, but we know that the Bible says that he will be destroyed. Amen. Um, God, um, he has a time plan. Um, he will be cast into Gehenna. Uh, Matthew 24, 41 says that Gehenna, or the lake of fire, both same place, were not created for, uh, for man, but for Satan and his angels. So from the beginning, before the, even the rebellion, God created. And the tense in the, in the, in the word Gehenna or Lake of Fire is in the present. It, it's, it's, it's there now. It's a place that exists. It's a place that exists. Wow. And so, um, but not for any man or woman. And yet, men and women will end up there. Um, Satan will be bound for a thousand years during the millennial kingdom. Um, and yet at the end, uh, he will be cast in the Lake of Fire along with the false prophet and the Antichrist and all. And so, really, his, his, um, his doom is certain. Uh, he's not all-powerful, but does have power over, this, over the, the fallen world and sin nature. Mm -hmm. uh, because he deceived me, he deceived you, and he's deceiving many others to yeah. think they're okay. And, you know, many people, like you said, you know, they think that Satan um, 
uh, is burning right now. He isn't. And some yeah. people think that Satan runs hell. No, no, no. Read the book of Revelation. Yeah. Jesus runs hell and the lake of fire. Yeah. There's a place of punishment. And so it is the holy God who punishes. And Satan himself will be punished there. Very important. It's interesting, you know, this stuff's all over Scripture. And, and um, although a lot of the details of the spiritual conflict are not given to us. And I imagine yeah. it's stuff we don't need to know. Yeah. yeah, no. God just reveals to us what he wants us to know. I mean, he could have made the Bible a lot thicker, <laughs> yeah. but, but he didn't. <laughs> but again, the incarnation makes all this possible because Jesus defeated Satan in the wilderness. Right. Yeah. And so there was a real testing, a real victory. So now we're to look to the model of Jesus as he was driven into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. And then he was praying at that time and he uses the Word of God. And those are our tools. Those are our, our, our weapons, if you will, uh, to defeat the enemy. And if we try to do it on our own, we, we can't do it. It's interesting you mentioned those three things. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the Holy Spirit of God, uh, the Word of God, prayer, and uh, um, relying upon the Lord for direction yeah. and wisdom. There's so much there, Pastor X. You know, I mean, you think about, for instance, prayer. And I, I kind of, I can't help feeling that, you know, a lot of the time I'm just scratching the surface yeah. of what the Lord really intends prayer to look like sure. in a real way. Yeah. You read people like Ian e. Bounds and stuff, people who are just devoted to prayer. Yeah. And I, I have to believe that the more that you invest yourself in the scripture, the more benefit you're going to get, the more you're going to understand, the more direction. Sure, and prayer is part of the armor. Amen. It's the last part of the armor. Yeah. It was not given in a metaphor like the others. Uh, six, but it's, it's, it's prayer. I mean, we need orders. A soldier not only needs to have his armament and all his, his uh, weapons and all that, but he needs intel from the resources of the commanding general, right? Amen. And so prayer is very, very important as we depend on the Lord. Um, Satan has uh, many names and titles. Um, Satan appears 56 times in the Bible, which means adversary, opposer. Mm -hmm. Um, you have uh, the devil is found 38 times in the New Testament and it means slander, one who trips up and um, the purpose is to defame God mm -hmm. and Christ. Uh, the dragon implies um, power and destruction. The evil one describes evil and the source of his nature. Abaddon Apollyon means destroyer. Roaring lion, uh, one who holds captive those who he wants to devour. And by the way, he's like a lion seeking about who he may devour. He's not just—he's not seeking out non-believers. They already belong to him. Yeah. Now he wants to bring destruction to them, but the context there in Peter, First Peter five eight, is for the believer. The warnings to the believer. That's important. Um, the tempter, one who entices to do evil, accuser, one who charges, um, deceiver, the one who counterfeits, who disguises. The God of this world, the one who has power over fallen man, uh, the prince in the power of the air, um, the one who is the head of the evil with all his forces, principalities, powers, dominions, of darkness and all. Uh, the prince in the power of the air, the influence of every fallen person, yeah. every person born into this world until they're born again. It's amazing. If we you know, understand the scripture and our place in this warfare and understand you know, as much as we can of God's purpose and how we fit in. I can't imagine anything more important. And people are, you know, often routinely confused 
about God's work, especially, I think, spiritual warfare. Yeah, yeah. Well, that warfare is that we're born into it. We've been talking about that on Sunday morning with the armor that we're teaching mm -hmm. right now as we're finishing Ephesians. But um, when the Pharisees heard, um, and they said, uh, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts, and he said to them, every kingdom is divided against itself, is brought to destruction. Every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, um, uh, he is divided against himself. How then will he, uh, his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Matthew 12, 24 to 28. And so the stronger one, the strong man is Jesus. Amen. He binds the enemy. And he shows that in terms of demon possession. Um, many times that formula is used uh, by Christians as Christian Christianese or Christian church culture. Yes. You know, I bind you, Satan. Yeah. Never once are we told in Scripture, commanded or instructed to bind Satan. No. Now we know the greater is he that's another than he's in the world, 1 John 4, 4. And we know that Jesus um, cast out demons and he bound the strong man and the principle before yes. that, okay? But now as God leads people, if there was an exorcism going on, then Jesus will direct and guide them. Sure. And God's, Jesus is the one in authority of that. Mm -hmm. But for everybody to just continue to say, I bind you, Satan, or to plead the blood of Jesus, nowhere in Scripture is that. Yeah. That's church culture. Yeah. A lot of hyper-Pentecostalism. Hyper and uh, it's even accompanied with a, a loud voice or a shriveling voice, like yeah. authority, yeah. like if Satan's going to get scared or something. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's interesting to me, you were talking about that situation where the religious leaders are accusing Jesus of doing miraculous works by the power of the devil. Sure. And I just think about that, Xavier. Yeah. What These people are supposed to be the religious leaders. Right. They're right. supposed to be the spiritual people. Here is God in human flesh, and they're accusing him of doing the work of the devil. How sure. twisted is that? Yeah. Well, they were religious people. They weren't believers. Wow. <laughs> That's scary. Religious, uh, religious people are very, um, very evil at times. And uh, very destructive. We see that in history uh, all the time. Uh, history teaches that very, very clearly. Amen. Yeah. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Keep It Simple. And today we're spending some time talking about the incarnation of Christ and the destroying of the work of the devil. And we'll be right back with you after these messages. And you're back with us here at Keep It Simple today. We're spending some time with Pastor Xavier talking about the person and the work of Jesus Christ, specifically in the incarnation. Pastor X, before the before the broadcast today, we were uh, talking about the fact that there are no Christian bookstores anywhere. No. And, and it's amazing. I mean, back in the 70s and 80s, there were Christian bookstores in every city. Yeah. Yeah. And now they are non-existent. Yeah. And we notice this mostly because we do have a Christian bookstore here at the church right. and people for people to take advantage of. And uh, it's been it's been a blessing to people and yeah. a lot of availability. We and we get people from all over the place yeah. coming to use the facilities. Yeah. It's one of the evidence of our post-Christian nation status. I think so. Um, uh, we are we are not a Christian nation as in the past, and even in the past, it doesn't mean everybody was a Christian. But our nation was established on Christian Judeo principles. There was a foundation in the there. Word of God. Yeah. 
And uh, that has been eroded away, beginning with the meeting there at that New York pub in Manhattan in 1901, something like that. And they would put different clubs and universities to remove every vestige of Christianity from public life. Yeah. And they have done it. And then um, the um, infiltration also of the German uh, uh, academic things, of the neo-Orthodox, you right. know, they came in and took over the seminaries and, and started pumping out people that really are distorting the Word of God and very progressive, moving away from God's objective truth. And so they don't believe in the inerrancy and fallibility of the Word of God. And so you've got a post-Christian nation. Everybody um, defines God and the Bible as they want. Um, they believe it's just stories. It's not really God's Word. And so um, that's where we're at. Very few people. Um, in fact, most, even the uh, publishing companies that were Christian, they've yeah. all sold yeah. out. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're, they're really um, owned by secular companies. Yeah, huge And they certainly are not going to be checking what's theologically sound and accurate or not. They'll publish and well, they'll do whatever as long as it sells. You know, I, I, kind, of, I, I kind of feel like they do the other thing. Yeah. Instead of trying to keep things uh, doctrinally legitimate, oh, sure, sure. that they are more motivated toward continuing to erode sure, that foundation. Sure. And again, that's what's going to sell. Yeah. Uh, pop psychology, yeah. pop Christianity. Self-help books. That's it. Self-help books, you know, whatever brings money in. Yeah. But yeah. we are... Uh, are open Tuesday through Friday. Amen. Locally. Well, you know what else, John? And very important, yeah. the online bookstore. And there's also right. online, yeah. So, so you, any day of the week, Sunday, whenever, yep. people can use Late that. hours of the night, yeah. So calvarychapelpasadena.com. You can access the online bookstore, whether it's Christmas shopping, yeah. whatever. And um, yeah, a lot, lot of the inventory is on the online store. And I know we're adding you, more weekly. your dad works hard to try and keep that inventory oh, yeah. in, a, in a way that serves the people. Yeah, best. he does. That's yeah. what we want to do. Yeah. He does. Amen. So, Pastor X, during the incarnation, as we read the scripture, it seems that the warfare was a, an everyday event. I mean, it's on every page of the Gospels. Sure. We don't really see things that way today in terms of warfare. Is it, is it really different? No, I think it's, it's the same. I think that we don't... We don't uh, when we read the Bible, we see all these things in the life of Jesus, and we see things that are recorded, the things that are going on. Uh -huh. but, but just like the book of Acts, uh, we see miracles as now, but they didn't happen every day, every second. Um, it's, it's put there, but God's in activity. So in other words, the attack of Satan on the world, the destruction, the demon possession, the opposition to God's word, mm -hmm. that's always going on. It's just not a noted thing today because we are such a post-Christian pagan nation now yeah. that it's just the norm for the nation. When the nation was Christian-based and all our judicial law, our civil law, it's all based on Scripture, the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And so when that was the uh, mindset of the nation, then any infraction against it would be magnified noticed yeah. but now everything's gray so nothing stands out do you think it serves the enemy's purpose to keep a low profile in our culture today so that people don't see the supernatural nature of well, what he does well the thing is that he's made the evil be the norm yeah i see that. that's all he's done yeah it's just the norm um you look at the um 
the level of society in terms of the Bible knowledge, and then you look at the level of society in the Christian community who live it out, mm -hmm. who really believe it, who are consistent, who go to church every week during the middle of the week, that they take their children, that they live out the Word, that they're being light and witnesses to share Christ with others. Um, it's a small percentage. Yeah, It's not big. I tell you, those people, when you, when you say that, I think of specific people in my mind. Yeah. That you, you, people have no idea the kind of influence they have yeah. or how they inspire the hearts of other people because of the witness of their lives and their yeah. family. So important. We know the Lord has pronounced judgment upon the enemy. And it shows up in different places yeah. in the scripture specifically, doesn't it? Yeah. In, um, in John 12, 31, 32, Jesus said, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of the world be cast out. And if I be lifted up from the earth, meaning the cross, right. will draw all men unto me. So in other words, now Jesus, by going to the cross, destroys the power of Satan. Mm -hmm. um, he tasted death for every man, as Hebrews says. He, um, uh, he destroyed him who had the power of death, Satan. And now men can be set free. They were held captive by Satan. Now he is able to minister to them that they, he died for their sins, that he's able to forgive sin, and that men and women make a choice. It's through the gospel, though. Yeah. Not through intellectual rationale or anything, but through the gospel. As the gospel is being proclaimed, the Holy Spirit brings light to the sinner of their lostness and conviction to their heart of their evil that they have done, Amen. and their recognition that they are sinners in need of a Savior, a Deliverer, and they call upon Him to be saved, to be forgiven. That's the miracle of the Gospel. Amen. It's not by the excellence of words from the pulpit. It's not by uh, the fame of the preacher. It's not by the size of the church. It's by the power of God's Word. Amen. Amen. No one else. You know, people need to have God's presence, to have the Spirit affecting their conduct and understanding. And the Lord wants to do that. And the yeah. part of that has to do with the Lord coming in, as a human being. Sure. The incarnation. Sure. Yeah. And, and if, if Jesus hadn't come, then we have no hope. Amen. You know what I mean? Once again, if you believe Genesis 1-1, now you can believe that God became man. Yes. Because the word of God is inerrant. It log logically follows. That's it. The enemy was the beginning of the twisted nature that we see coming into this world, Pastor X. And unfortunately, I mean, it's, it has deep roots. Sure. You know, as we said, he rebelled and um, he um, uh, has a bull before rebellion is declared in Ezekiel 28. Yeah. I mean, the Eden right there is different than the Eden in Genesis. Seems to be. The Eden in Genesis in Ezekiel 28, he's, he's, he's not fallen. No. He's serving the God. He's yeah. number two to God. And then in Eden in the garden, he's there tempting God's children. But he's messed up already. He's messed up already. Yeah. His rebellion is described there in Ezekiel also, uh, 28, and the five I wills are recorded in Isaiah 14. His rebellion against God, but God's going to destroy him, he said, and he did. Yeah. And ultimately, I mean, this is just partial destruction. The ultimate destruction will be when Jesus returns. And once again, he binds him for a thousand years in the millennial kingdom. And then at the end of the kingdom, you have the white throne judgment. And then, of course, um, the Satan and his angels and all are cast into the lake of fire. Yeah, that's the looking forward to that day. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the uh, Lord re releasing him after the millennial reign, though, that's the thing I've, 
I, I, I hope I'm able to understand that differently yeah. in the future because yeah. it's, it's kind of perplexing to me. I don't sure. know how all that works. Well, our problem is, right, we try to figure things out with our fallen nature and our fallen yeah. minds, and yeah. we don't know. Uh, we'll be just like him, and it'll make all sense to us. Uh, but one thing for sure is he binds Satan in the bottomless pit for a thousand years, mm -hmm. and he um, allows the, um, the um, people that didn't take the mark of the beast Right. Uh, to enter the millennial kingdom. And the millennial kingdom is for Israel, the remnant, as they are given all the promises, all the land, and all the fulfillment of the promises of Abraham. Amen. And, um, and as he does this, he removes Satan from the earth, his influence. But you still have men and women who occupy the thousand-year reign as human beings as they are right now with sin nature. Now, we're glorified. We reign with him. Right. But those people... Uh, are sinners, and so there's still going to be issues. They still have to repent of their sin. They have to ask forgiveness. They have to be born again, um, and and Satan's completely removed. So they can blame Satan. So once again, it, it demonstrates the the fallacy of psychology and sociology, that it's the environment that makes men evil. No, <laughs> it's the heart that makes men evil. Their sin nature. The environment facilitates. But but it doesn't make him evil. It only proves he's evil. You know, you would think, Pastor X, that people would laugh out loud at the idea that human beings are basically good. Yeah. I mean, you look at the history of the world. And where, do they, where do they get the evidence? <laughs> exactly. From what race? What oh people? What nation? <laughs> what people are these that yeah. are basically good? <laughs> Ridiculous. you got to be an airhead to believe that. Oh, man. Or spiritually dead. That's right. One of That's the two. Right. Influenced by the enemy's yeah. foolishness. Yeah. And it just shows you that, you know, that the enemy can, can get a, a group of well-educated people to believe just about anything. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Yeah. It, it, this curse, you know, that's been brought on the human race that was put upon our ancestors, mm -hmm. our grandparents, yeah. you know, thousands of years ago and then has worked its way down to us in this world. It's interesting. There seems to be a specific profile or a, attack pattern for the way that spiritual warfare works, Pastor X. Sure, sure. Well, you know, when Satan um, introduced sin into the world, mm -hmm. um, you know, Satan became a, I mean, Satan, Adam became a sinner, yeah. and then when he had children, they were little sinners. Yeah. So, um, Romans 5, 12 says that sin entered by one man and death through sin. So death is the result of sin, not the reverse. Yes. So, because he's a sinner, the ultimate consequence of sin is death. That's why in the millennial kingdom, when a child dies at 100, Isaiah says, oh, he died young. Now, that means that the millennial kingdom is not perfect. No. There is still life and death going on. That means there's still sin going on. Wherever you have death, you have sin. After the thousand-year reign in the eternal heaven in the new Jerusalem, there'll be no death. Right. Everything's done away. But uh, until then, people are dying, and, and it passes on. If... if um, if Adam wasn't a sinner, then why do we need a savior? Exactly. And if men do sin, then what do they do about their sin? How do they handle it? Yeah. You need a savior. You need a redeemer. We need an arbiter. And so, if you Amen. believe, if you believe the the history of of sin, how it entered in, then you have to believe the remedy for that in the history of God that God came down to be the last Adam, to redeem us, to die in our place, to taste death for us, to redeem us, if we choose to ask him to do so. Yeah. 
Both are inerrant. Right Both there. are historical. The thing is, the enemy has a plan as well. His intention is directed, I think, at the scripture. Sure. He wants to undermine or to, sure. as it has been from the beginning, sure, I guess. from the beginning, yeah, yeah. Until Eve has God said. Yeah. It's always an attack. The attack's always against uh, God's word, not against you, not against myself. It's against God's word. Do you really believe that? Do you really think that's going to fix your marriage? Do you really think that if you do this, your children are going to be okay? It's always, well, if, you know, did God say that? It's always challenging the authority of God's word because that's the power. That's always the power. Yeah. He, he wants us to rely upon our intellect, our, our own ability. And this, these are the things that we're kind of, this is our natural right. bent to begin with. We want to fix things ourselves. Sure. We don't want to pray and ask God for help and then rely upon him. Right. Yeah. So but, we have to resist uh, the enemy. Yeah. Submitting to God, resisting the devil, and he will flee, James 4, 7 says. So it's not just one or the other. Both of them have to be done. He's given us a divine nature in 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4, that we might escape the corruption of this world through lust. So in other words, when I'm born again, he enables me to live the life of Christ. I'm never perfect or sinless, but I can live the life of Christ. I can hit the target. Now, if I choose not to depend upon him, I'm going to miss the target. And I need to acknowledge that and ask forgiveness and get back in fellowship with God. That's 1 John 1, 9 and chapter 2 of 1 John and verse 1 and 2 says. But um, I need to resist the devil and draw an eye to God. Yeah. Both have to happen. And I have to use the word of God um, to stand on what it says, what it reveals, what it promises. Very, very important. If not, and if I don't depend on my new nature, then I depend on my own nature, and that's sh sure defeat yeah all the time it's going to be a tragedy when you re to rely upon the word of god you have to have a really uh, a powerful perspective of what the scripture is yeah and that's why you stay studying the word of god meditating upon the word of god uh spending time with god going to church serving yeah. Yeah. um sharing your faith with others other people their need of christ you get to see the word of god in the at lord work. the lord coming Reminding your children, exhorting your children, confronting your children, instructing your children, praying for your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Amen. Always. <laughs> it's really encouraging, you know, when you reflect upon the verses, it really shows us how well-equipped we are to deal with the issue of spiritual warfare. But we do have to be mindful of these specific things. We have to be, it has to be in the forefront of our mind. Sure, sure. Because Satan's always, like I said, a roaring lion. Seeking yeah. whom he may devour. And uh, he'll do anything he can. If he can't um, stop people from being saved through distraction and whatever, um, he will do his best so that you aren't living abundant life. Amen. That you're saved and still miserable. Yeah. By not trusting God. There's a lot of that out there. On his power. Yes. People who are saved, but because they're not really walking sure. in the newness of life, they're miserable. They're sure. not seeing sure. God's hand at work. They, they might have accepted the Christ. They might have been forgiven and they're yeah. there, but they're still trying to handle their life in the energies of the flesh. Paul tells the Galatians, um, having begun the spirit, are you now going to be made perfect in the flesh? It's a rhetorical question with only one correct answer. Yeah. No. No way. If you say yes, you just got an F in the subject <laughs> of Bible. Okay? You just flunk. Amen. Um, it, it, so we have to remain. Now, we're not perfect. We're not sinless. No. Uh, we're a bunch of knuckleheads. <laughs> but I've got to, 
I've got to concentrate. I've got to remind myself. I've got to lift my heart to the Lord. I've got to yeah. ask Him for help. I've got to thank Him. I've got to worship Him and trust that He's leading my steps and guiding my words and that I know the Word of God and, and that I'm doing everything to the glory of God as much as I can by yielding to Him the Holy Spirit, the new divine nature, not my old man. No. And again, for people in the world, those who don't know the Lord, the evil of this world is not really something they can overcome. But for believers, as you said before, it's a very different, very different story. Sure. John, uh, 1 John 2.14 says, John says, The young man have overcome the panaras, the wicked one. The word panaras is one who not only is evil, but he loves to see others be corrupt okay. and make them evil. Uh, and he said, because they are strong, the word abides in them. So we have to read, we have to meditate, we have to grow in the knowledge of Christ, so the word of God is in us. Wherewithal will the young man cleanse his ways? In my heart have I hid your word, that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119. I mean, there's the longer psalm. You find those verses. I'm not going to tell you which ones they are. <laughs> it's it, the word of God. It's yeah. the word. Yeah. Objective, truth, powerful. Yeah. For people separated from the Lord, they're at the mercy of the devil and yeah. his confederates. Pretty yeah. tragic yeah. situation. Yeah, we see it every day, you know, as people come to church and um, they don't know Christ and you see their life, how messed up they are, maybe in their second, third, fourth marriage, maybe they've got children out of wedlock and uh, with two or three individuals, whether it be men or women, and um, you, you name it, from A to Z. And, uh, and even some Christians that come to the Lord and then they go back in the world. Yeah. And they just mess up their life big time. And they have all this baggage not to deal with. You know what I mean? And um, God wants the best for us, but we get to choose whether we want to just exist or live abundantly. Yeah. And so we have to, again, keep our, our accounts as, um, as short as possible, take care of them, remedy them, ask forgiveness, stay right with people, and stay in the Word of God, stay in fellowship. Um, the enemy out in warfare always wants to isolate soldiers. Amen. And because if he can isolate them, he'll destroy them. And really this whole, you know, coronavirus thing Perfect. was kind of a blessing to yep. the enemy because he isolated sure. everybody. Well, it's gone on the last two and a half years, going on three years, is uh, military tactics. Yeah. War tactics. Divide and conquer. That's right. Divide and conquer. Put fear in people. Uh, intimidate them, deny them, give them misinformation, give them lies, and have everybody agree with it. Wow. From the academic world to the medical world to the media uh, to corporations, incredible. Sometimes, you know, Pastor X, looking at this world, I wonder why the Lord has, it seems like he's paused the judgment on the devil. And we see all this destruction. I mean, I realize God is using everything together sure. for, for the good yeah. of those who trust in him. But it's just the destruction. Yeah. In it's, this all, world. it's all moving towards that. Yeah. We're in process. Amen. You know what I mean? Um, I mean you can imagine if, um, if you lived in, um, in World War II, uh, the times of World War II, and you see the Holocaust and yeah. all the atrocities that Hitler and so many did. And I'm sure those people thought that it was the end of the world. Uh, some believers, I'm sure, thought it was the Great Tribulation. I'm sure. And possibly believed that Hitler yeah. was the one as he gave numbers to, to the Jews, you know? 
Yeah. And, and yet, um, we went through that, the whole world, the Nuremberg trials. And, and you look at the atrocities that are going on today under the uh, name of medical and medicine and science. Yeah. Worse atrocities than in the Nuremberg trials by the Hitler and his, his thugs. And yet it's justified today because of profit under the name of science. And um, it's just evil. But people are basically good, Pastor X. Yeah, I know. That's I, I, I haven't <laughs> learned that yet. I have to just remember that. Yeah. Uh, it, it really is crazy that God is able to use all this evil that the enemy intends to work out for the benefit of God's people one way or another. That's, that's just such an amazing miracle. It kind of dwarfs your imagination. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, we see the evil all around us. Nobody has to see... You see the atrocities of what's going on in nations and families and, and uh, uh, just economically and violently. Uh, criminals are walking our streets. Um, and, and in L.A. here now, Governor Newsom uh, has made prostitution legal. Really? Not, not declaring it, but by default that they don't the prosecute. policemen don't prosecute any hookers. Okay. So by default, He's legalized prostitution. It's simple. You know, if I don't, and the same thing with, with the crimes. Uh, people steal, you know, porch thieves. You know, they steal your Amazon stuff and all that. Everybody has a ring. Everybody has a camera. They have the guy's mug. They have a shot. Great camera. Perfect face. Why don't you have the police? They're not going to do anything. No, they're not. Yeah. When's the last time you saw somebody get a ticket on the freeway? And they're driving like madmen. Yeah. Okay? Evil's all around us. Yeah. Law and order's broken down. And you, you got to think, just reasonably, there's got to be a point at which the consequences for all that start to sure. come home. It can't, it can't continue forever. No. There will be a point where everything falls apart. Yeah. Everything will fall apart. Yeah. And that's what the Bible tells us. Yeah. It, the end is destruction. And so our hope is that the Lord just... Um, um, you know, continue to just be merciful, uh, especially to our nation, that we um, call upon and we plead um, our case. Not that we don't deserve judgment. Our nation definitely deserves judgment. We've killed over 70 million babies. Amen. Uh, that in itself is sufficient for God to just bring down fire and brimstone upon us. Um, the evil of education, the evil in politics, the evil in and, and medicine, the, 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 it's, it's gone because we are a post-Christian nation. We have become a total atheistic, pagan nation. Yeah. And the world sees that. Certainly that's the leadership before yes, us. Yes, That's what absolutely. we have. What a great opportunity, though, to have the scripture and to be able to encourage that's people. That's the hope. Give them hope. Our hope Amen. is in Christ Jesus that's in it. the Word of God, not in mankind, not in anything else. The, our deliverer is not America. Uh, our deliverer is Jesus Christ. He died for our sins. And if you're out there and you're listening, uh, if you don't know Jesus Christ, God loves you. He died for you. He paid the price for your sins. But only you alone can make that decision. God uh, says that, uh, that he so loved you that he gave his son. And if you believe, you are able to be saved, to forgive you of your sins as you call upon him. And he'll give you a new heart, a new life. And he will allow you to be able to live life and see life as it really is. So now you become an instrument to reach out to others, whether it be your wife, your husband, your children, your friends, whoever it may be, that they would be saved like you are if you call on the name of the Lord. 
It happened to Tony, it happened to myself. I was just 23 years old on July of 1973, and um, God saved me. God saved me, and he just uh, used us to reach out to others, and we began to minister the gospel to high school and to friends and to different people, and God just raised up churches and just did an incredible work, and we still see him here almost 50 years later, 49 years later, here I am. And God's been doing a great work, and we continue to preach the gospel. We don't alter it. We don't try to improve it. Uh, we just give the word out, just what God says. Um, some people will be open. Some people will reject it. That's always been the case from the beginning. You have the seed of Adam and of, of Eve, which is sinful. Then you have Cain and Abel, the two lines of those who believe and those who disbelieve. You can make that same choice by God's grace. So. Don't make it that simple, complicated. Jesus is the only one that can save you. And so keep it as simple as possible. God bless you. Amen. You've been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese on Simple Truths Radio. We hope today's broadcast has informed, encouraged, and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion, and may God richly bless your day.